Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is episode 105 of Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Okay. Hello, Marjorie. Update for Valentine's Day. How'd it go? It went great. It was super fun. We did a little dinner out at our neighborhood burger spot and then came home and watched Star Wars as a family. And... It was a lovely little Valentine's Day, and the kids were so excited, and they ate way more candy than I was comfortable with, <laughs> and why do people have to give my children stuff with all these scary colors in it? Yeah. I don't understand, but such is life. But it was chocolates and roses and just really sweet, like nothing over the top, and Perfect. just how I wanted it to be. Yeah, it was good, but I want to know if Ian got his pizza. Okay, so the pizza was a bust because he had a business meeting on Friday night, February 14th. They had to take a uh, a colleague out to dinner. So that was fine. So I couldn't send him the pizza. But here's the beauty of having been married for 35 years. The brilliant idea was I was going to send him a pizza because he's in Manhattan, Kansas, and I'm here in Arizona. And I can never remember what he wants on his pizza. So a week before Valentine's Day, he calls. He's like, oh, I just got pizza for dinner. So I thought it was so brilliant. Took out a piece of paper, asked him like I really was interested. So what do you put on your pizza? He lists every ingredient that he put on the pizza. And I thought, okay, that's perfect. I'll send him that pizza. Well, what happened is on Valentine's at about 7 o'clock Friday night, I get a pizza from Domino's. No. <laughs> no. So that night I call him, I'm like, okay, did you listen to the podcast? And he's like, no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And so I told him what my plan had been. I said, seriously, you listen to the podcast. He's like, I swear I didn't. And he said, when you were asking me about the ingredients that I put on my pizza, I was paying attention to the ingredients that you reacted to that you liked that I was putting on my pizza. And those are the ingredients that I put on your pizza. You guys are totally meant to be together. I'm so glad you got married when everyone thought it was a bad idea way back when. (laughs) It's like a complete mind meld. It was so bizarre when it showed up at my door. Anyway, that, is that was really cute. That means that you know exactly the way to one another's heart, which yeah. is pizza. P- pizza. We're very simple people. It's pizza. But so to the topic at hand today, this is sort of a follow up to our child care discussion, which was very feisty, Elizabeth. We I know. Were, we were we wild. Were Sorry, both, guys. We were both very intense. And then I've been thinking about that conversation for the last week. And I know we've been getting some feedback on um, social media and on our Facebook group and all of that. And, and I've been thinking of all the things that I should have said, too. In addition, there's just so many more things that enrage me about the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> you still have so much anger. But it is, it is, it's, what's the word? It's not that it's frightening. It's overwhelming. What kept going through my mind, Elizabeth, was your sister going and looking at daycare and it being $500 a week. Oh, I know. I know. And if you missed it, we were talking about childcare and sort of the credit that needs to be assigned to those who really help make 
life happen, those who are taking care of our children. Because the reality is for a lot of us, if you're out there working um, and you have a two-parent working household then and you have children, then you have to have someone caring for those children. Yeah. And so you are not only trusting that person, but then you're also dedicating some significant financial resources to it. And then you have to add in the emotional payment that you're making, yeah. which, which is, is the guilt and the feeling that you're missing out on them or maybe you're not giving them everything because you want something out of your life too or because – and that's in a luxury standpoint or it's because – you absolutely have to work in order to make ends meet. Yeah. It's it's so complicated. And this week, another story came out. It was all over. It's a story. I mean, we've both worked in the news business. It's a story that gets thrown out every six months. So this isn't new information. But I thought it was interesting in light of what we were talking about last week. I saw this on Fox News, but then I was looking around last night and it was everywhere. A survey that came out with the totals of what it costs to raise a a child from zero to 18. Oh, this is good. My dad used to always tell me that it was at least a half a million dollars for each of us. (laughs) He's exactly right. He would would remind us of that regularly. (laughs) Yes. Remind you of that. So in the urban Midwest, which is you exactly, they say the cost of raising a child is $227,000. So your father was exactly right. I think your father's figures were inflated, which would not surprise me (laughs) (laughs) at all. At all. $227,000 to raise a child from zero to 18. Now, mind you, that doesn't include college. You can double that. You can double that if you're going to pay for your kid's college. So I think that that's fairly shocking. And I think everybody, whenever we see this story, it comes out every year. I always go, oh, everybody goes, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is so expensive. And I thought when I was thinking about it yesterday, I thought there's really a different question when you see those numbers that we should all be asking ourselves, especially if you are in the childbearing years. And I think the question, you know, for someone like you, you have two children. Maybe there's a third. Maybe there's not a third. That's not something we have to discuss today. But <laughs> I would knows? say to young cho- to young families, ask yourself, why do I want to have a child? And I think sometimes when I started thinking about that question, I don't think when I had children – I ever asked myself that question, why am I doing this? And I think it's an important question for couples to talk about with one another to make sure that it's really something you want to do. Yes. I mean, and look at it almost like, and I, I hate to say it this way, almost as a business decision. I know. Is this, do we, are we willing as a couple to devote these amount of hours to raising a child? Are we as a couple ready to devote 200, well, let's say at your father's way, a quarter of a million dollars to this child. And I think when you sit down and ask that question, not only would you find out interesting things about each other, but you might find out you don't want to do it. I always say to people, don't do it unless you really, really want to do it. And I've been really frank about this with a lot of friends and just people I've talked about because I I never felt like being a mother was the be-all, end-all for me. I never felt growing up like I had to be a mother in order to find fulfillment. And I think there are some people who certainly feel that way, who feel like motherhood is ingrained in them. And motherhood is something that if they don't experience that, they will feel like they've totally missed out on life. Now, now that I have children, of course, I mean, I love being a mother and I love my children so much, but I never felt like being a mom was going to be my identity. Even when I was, even when I was thinking about 
even when I was pregnant and even yeah. now, I mean, I just don't, and you know me, I'm always like, I'm very intentional about thinking about what I do as separate from who I am. Right. And so being a mom is something that I do and it's something that's really important to me and something that I'm really passionate about. And I love my children more than anything, but at the same time, I just don't want to ever identify as I'm a mom. I'm a mom because I think then that you kind of lose who you are. Well, that gets, and then you're that putting gets tricky so much get pressure on them to define yeah. you as a person because yeah. they need to be their own person. You're raising them to be their own people. I, I was just thinking, I saw, gosh, I can't remember what I was watching where I saw a dad say, my job is to protect my child. You know, as a parent, your job is to protect your child. And I right. thought, that's not your number one job. Your number one job is to raise a child to become an independent adult. That's to hard. teach them how yeah. to become independent. And I feel like that should be priority number one. It's really the, I, I, I mean, protection. When he says that, I mean, obviously, our job is to make sure that the kids don't run out in the street and everything else. Well, yes. But I, I agree yes. with you on a more fundamental level. Your only job is to raise them so that they can go out and stand on their own and mm-hmm. be good members of society. I think that's the point. But it gets back to, Elizabeth, though, when you think back to when you and Jay were talking about having kids, right. um, you, as you said, you were in your 30s. Why? When you did you ask the question to each other? Why no. do we want to have a no, child? No, we should have. No, we totally should have. Isn't that? So I don't remember strange. saying why. I mean, I remember. I think the one thing that we've always been on the same page about is Jay and I have always we've wanted our life to look the same way, and I just always important. felt like that is important and right. that makes things easier because. We've just sort of inherently want our life to look the same way. And some of it, you know, it comes down to we live in the city. There are certain priorities for trips and vacations and things like that that we generally fall in line with. And so I knew in the long run that I thought that I wanted our life to look full of children. We wanted little lives running around. But I was definitely not disillusioned in terms of thinking that it was going to be easy. And I was right. right. It's right. not. It's not easy. <laughs> but I, I, I would challenge people, if, if you don't have children, ask yourself why. Because I was really thinking about this last night. If I were going to spend a quarter of a million dollars on something, like if I were going it's in to so buy something, money. it's yeah. so much money, I would ask myself, why? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's important, and I think it's a good discussion. I was talking to Ian last night, and I said, did we ever ask ourselves, why are we having kids? And he said, no, I don't think so. He said, what he knew about me, because I really couldn't remember why we did what we did. He said he remembered very strongly that I had said, I only wanted one child, and he wanted oh, three. Yeah. And so we compromised on two, which thank God we did, because I adore Campbell, who was our second son. <laughs> but he said at the time that I had said I wanted to be a mother, but I wasn't very maternal, but that I didn't want to be defined by motherhood, which I think yeah. is very similar to what – and I think growing up, I knew so many families that had four and five and six and seven children, and I would just look at that and I thought, there's no way. There's no way because you know at that point – Everybody's life is defined by the children. And I I knew I wanted a life sort of outside of being a mom. I think we I think that was one of the first things we sort of bonded over. We're very similar that way in how we feel about child rearing. Okay, so the other question when you come to your child is gonna cost you a quarter of a million dollars. The question is, is it worth it? Yeah. And that boy, I mean, 
you can't really find that out until later when well, they're taking care of you or if they're not. <laughs> and I'm not sure there are many people that can answer that question honestly. Because you don't hear a lot of people talking about, boy, I wish I didn't have those kids. No. <laughs> which I don't pro- think anyone really says probably, that. Which is probably a good thing. And yeah, so- there's probably a really small percentage of people who say that. You know, I would say it's like anything. It, I mean, it's it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. But it but everything hard it is it comes at a cost. And I think there are a lot of things when I look at people who don't have children, you know, I know some um, couples who are dinks, dual income, no kids, right? dinks, and they've got tons of free time, tons of disposable income, and they can really do whatever they want. And right. that feeling, I remember that feeling because I had that for a while and it was very freeing and wonderful, but I don't, there is some, there is some life perspective that I think is difficult to gain if you don't have children. And I think you can be a mother in lots of different ways. Right. You can be sort of a mother figure to people in your life. You can mentor people. You can have really close relationships. But I also think that at its core, when you physically reproduce or adopt a child or however you have a, a child, there is like this bizarre instinctual animal thing that comes over you that says, this life is more important than my life. Right. And I don't think I ever had that before I had kids. And and really what that is, is that's fundamental survival of the species. That's so far beyond who we are as conscious humans. It's built into our DNA that it is more important for that being to survive than it is for me to survive. And you don't get that. You don't have that for your spouse. You don't have that for your parents or for your siblings or for your friends. It's it's down to the cells of your body that feel that way. Do you does that resonate with you, Marjorie? Absolutely. And I think that that's that is something that's hard to describe to somebody who hasn't felt it. But it goes back to the question of why, which I think for all of us or for some of us, like I would define myself as not very maternal. But boy, at some point I did feel that urge to have a child, which again went down, I think, almost to a, a basic instinct level. And when I, when Ian and I were talking about last night, like, why did we have kids? He could define in his own mind why, which I thought was interesting because his was not so much down to the cellular level, but more, <laughs> he said, I felt I had an obligation to carry on my own family. Yeah. And his family was very much about tradition, was very much about legacy, was very much about contribution. He is a his family's just filled with sort of creative, interesting people, some of whom had invented things. So that legacy sort of got passed down to you're a punnet. Punnets do interesting things. And so there was that <laughs> sort of idea that he wanted sort of his chance to bring in the next generation. But I also think to your point, for him when we say, was it worth it or why did you do it? He was telling me that as a man, it gave him an immediate sense of purpose. Yeah. And he said he knows for a fact that had he not had children, he would not have focused quite in the way that he had to focus to elevate his own life. Yeah. And I think that goes back to when you talk about dinks, I think there must be something very free about, oh, I'm going to do this now, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to, your choices are unencumbered, which must be great. But at the same time, 
I think, would I be lazy with that freedom? Whereas I think with when you have kids, you have to be sort of laser focused on, I've got to make sure that I care for these children. Or you hope, at the best part of parenting, that that's what parenting kicks in for you. I but think I so, don't. too. I think it's, it's just so important to be intentional about that decision and to not take it lightly. And then it gets further complicated when you think about the idea of people who want to become parents so badly and for whatever reason are really struggling to make that happen. Right. And then this huge void that they're feeling. It is... It is something that is just such a personal decision and having that conversation about why do we want to do this just because we think we're supposed to? And that's a question that I think we should be asking ourselves about so many things. Are we having kids just because this is what we're supposed to do? Or worse, are we having it to try to fix a problem that's in our relationship? Because I've said this before, babies don't make problems better. They make them worse. (laughs) they, they, They make them worse. But I think that that's the really important question. And I think both of the questions we've asked so far, why and is it worth it, are the questions that we should be asking. And it's almost treating the decision as you would treat any sort of decision you would make in business. And I I think sometimes it's okay, or what we should be doing is at least for a moment, taking the emotion out of it. Because when you say, we really should look at this decision with intention, because sometimes I wonder, was I socialized to make sure that I would have children? Yes. Like, like I I, mean, probably. And so I think that that's something. We have to sort of detach ourselves from what have I been socialized to think about what my life should look like. Right. And let me visualize a very different life and see if that sits well on me. Mm -hmm. But I don't think women, I don't, I don't know a lot of women. I certainly didn't do that. I'm so grateful I had children. I know it was the right path for me. But because of the way I make decisions in every other part of my life, why didn't I do it that way when I was thinking about having kids? I know. And taking the emotion out of it is so important. And I think you can relate that to so many things. You can relate that to homes and home purchases. You know how when they say, when you put your house on the market, it's no longer your house. It is just a house. It is something that has to be sold. And taking the emotion out of it can help you to make better decisions and smarter decisions and, and can help you just, it can just be a smoother road if you take some of the emotion out of it. But that being said, I also think it's important to have honest conversations about what you want in terms of children with a partner really early on. Yeah. I think sometimes women in particular, if they want to become a mother, and I relate only because I am a woman, and then they've got a guy who they're thinking, he says, I don't want to have kids, but he thinks, oh, well, she thinks, well, he'll change his mind at some point. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I mean, if being a mother is, if you are thinking being a mother is 100% what I want to be part of my life, then if you're with someone who that isn't a priority for them, the reality is women, we're on a time clock and men aren't. So you got to cut and run. (laughs) I am a big believer in the cut and run if you want children. I mean, I've I've talked with women who have been kind of waiting for their boyfriend or their husband to change their mind. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You are wasting time. You're wasting the time because we don't have unlimited time to be able to reproduce. I mean, unless you're a person where you have a lot of means and so you are – able to at 45 or 50 figure out how to have a baby, which you can do, but right. there's a, there is a lot that comes along with that. 
Right. Yeah, I always thought that was a really uh, dangerous choice is to stay with a man. If you really know that you want children and he says he doesn't, that doesn't usually go well. That usually doesn't go well. And you're right. Get out. Get out of those relationships or come to grips with the fact that maybe we shouldn't, if we want to be a couple, maybe we shouldn't have children together. Yeah. And then you kind of, and then you go from there. I love your last question though. What do you get out of being a parent? Mm -hmm. What do you get out of it? This is such a good question. I mean, I think I just get a perspective on life and I get an immediate, it was became so much easier for me to prioritize things when I had children right? because I just prioritize the family unit much more quickly than anything else. And I used to kind of hem and haw over, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? I don't anymore. That's I just good. automatically think here's what's going to be best for us and here's how we're going to make it work. And I love seeing how they experience the world. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the most fun thing about having children when they discover something or learn something or experience something. And I can just watch their little bodies take it in (laughs) is really great. And it's been such a good reminder to me to find joy in little things in life. My kids find joy in tiny little silly things. They find a dead ladybug in our house somewhere and they think this is the best day ever. <laughs> and they I mean they Marjorie the other day I came down and on the kitchen table there was a little basket like a little tiny Barbie basket with a blanket in it and a dead ladybug oh, in it. Oh. And they had made a bed for this ladybug and they were taking care of the ladybug and I thought oh, if God. you can find joy <laughs> and excitement in a dead ladybug, I mean, I should be able to take something from that. Oh my god, that sounds But I think that for me as well, that was the that was the real joy and I think unexpected joy of having children. And it almost sounds cliché of like seeing life through their eyes. But I think that's really, it's a cliche because it's so true and it's so great. And I think I loved being, I always tell people when they ask about my kids, I say, I sort of gave myself through them. I gave myself the childhood I always wanted. So, but what I mean by that is no disrespect to my parents, but what I mean by that is just that I took them to see things and then got to see and experience new things with them with their mm-hmm. sort of joy and excitement. And I think that that's that's something that I wouldn't have given up for anything. And then I think the other thing of, of what I've gotten out of it from you know the very far lens, because they're 28 and 26, is the idea of how it allowed me to think outside myself. Yeah. I have a very active inner life. And so and I and I I I think probably I might lean towards selfish. Probably I should say I That's lean my towards, favorite quote I, from you. I have a very active inner life. That's so good. <laughs> but I lean towards selfish and I think what my children taught me is there's a large part of myself that was so ready to love deeply and unselfishly and doing for them was and I'm I'm not talking about the day-to-day. This is the overarching gloss of childhood. There are certainly days where I was not, this was not a perfect life. But I think they showed me how great living an unselfish life can be and how mm-hmm. good that that actually feels. Yeah. And when you do that as a mother, the way that your children look at you and treat you is 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 so fulfilling because now mine are men. And... 
there's something so sweet when they see me. They're they're bigger than I am. They're taller than I am. But they'll joke around with me. They'll usually pat me on the head because I'm tinier than they are. (laughs) But there's just there's just such a joy in that long continuum of of giving and and loving and protecting that I wouldn't give up for the world. Yeah, it it is. It's something really special, but it is important to go into it with that understanding and making that intentional decision and not getting yourself in a situation if if you don't feel like it's the right thing for you. Right. That's okay. If I mean, you don't, that's totally okay. If you don't think it's the right thing for you, just remember, quarter of a million dollar per kid. <laughs> a million dollars. That'll make the decision easier. And then it, just send us what you spent money on. We would like to know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. From Still Nesting, she wrote... The show is so easy to listen to and learn from. As a boomer, I have been there, done that, and yet I get great insight on many subjects listening to Marjorie and Elizabeth. I think all young moms should be listening and taking notes. I do wish I had a program like this when I was in the throes of it, raising my kids and trying to run my household to the best of my ability. I just love it and suggest listening to many others. Keep it up, ladies. Oh, gosh, that's so nice. Thank you, Still Nesting. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our upcoming newsletter. It's coming out in 2020, my friends. We are the podcast that brings you home. (laughs) To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.